Welcome to The Production Show, the best progressive talk show in Australia for debates, discourse, and political issues. Make sure to follow us online for the best progressive content. Handing over now to your host, Brad Sack. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of The Production Show. Today, we are having a debate between myself and Declan, a conservative socialist. It's going to be very interesting to see how it goes. Of course, this is omniscient narration. I already know how it goes. Let's hand over to our moderator, Numbskill. I really hope that you enjoy this wonderful debate. Brad and Declan are the two parties involved in this debate. Whilst both hold socialist ideologies, Brad holds progressive values, whilst Declan holds conservative ones. They'll be debating on the topics of democracy and the LGBTQI plus community. This discussion will be about the different perspectives they hold on the contentious topics. Neither party is permitted to make comments on the other or initiate personal attacks. Mm -hmm. They should try their best to not speak over the other and remain level-headed in discussion, as this is only a political debate between friends. The chat is asked to remain respectful and politely ask any questions and to not attack any individuals currently in the stream or joining later. And that's it. Awesome, yes. Uh, Did you want us to introduce ourselves? Uh, Sure. Declan, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. So I'm Declan, as you probably know. I'm a conservative socialist, would be the best way to put it. And um, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hi, I'm I'm Brad. I am a. That's it. That's it, Brad. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a progressive socialist. I make videos. I am making videos on progressive socialism uh, on YouTube and stuff. Uh, also, don't forget to uh, follow Laura uh, Numskull in description stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Did you want us to start? We, we'll start now. All right. Uh, do you guys want to debate about democracy or LGBTQI matters first? I'll leave that to Brad. I to think decide. we could, we can start on democracy. Okay. Uh so so what are your views on like democracy? What what are like your main points? Um in terms of what like overarching? Uh like in general, what are you what are you advocating for? What are you advocating um, against? Very broadly, I guess it would be that democracy whilst being a good system like overall, like it does work relatively effectively. Um, there are definitely other alternatives that would that I believe work better. Um, but I think it's important to understand in that the distinction between what democracy actually is versus what a lot of people perceive it as. I think that's an area that a lot of people get caught up on that really messes it up. Um, I think within democracy, the main issues are that it gets to a point where the individual's voice doesn't really matter much and doesn't have really any actual power. Um, It also, like, the way democracy is done, especially in, like, Australia, for example, leads to a lot of corruption and lying on the ends of politicians that often just doesn't lead to good areas. And it eventually leads to where we are now, where instead of just people voting for the best two possible leaders. We're just voting for the lesser of two evils, 
which just isn't a good place to be when running a country. So I'd say they'd be the main things I would be talking about. Okay. So I I do agree that um, the way that democracy is currently run in Australia is kind of very bad, but I do want to respond to like some of your other points. Like uh, you said like the individual's voice doesn't matter. What kind of system would you propose alternative to democracy that the individual's voice would matter more? I would say on a national level, there isn't one. On a smaller base level, there probably also isn't one. But I think the main issue with democracy is that it champions that it does give them a voice. And that's like a major part. When when it gets to the like national level where there's a lot of people, it really it doesn't do what it says it does. And that often misleads people in believing what power they actually have. So it's not it's not necessarily that like there's other alternatives that could give them more power. It's just that democracy, personally, I see it as lies about how much power the individual has on a large scale. Isn't the point of democracy to try and uh, make the individual's voice more heard? So sure, in our current democracy, we might not be able to do that. But in a different uh, sort of democracy, we can maybe... Uh, and I would say to an extent the individual's voice is heard, but in a democracy, shouldn't we be trying to make it so that the individual voice is heard as much as possible? And I th- I feel like the best way to do that is by making our, our society more democratic. Yes, but it gets to a point where if it's mainly based on population and geographic location, where it gets to an extent where if there's in like so many people that one person's voice really doesn't make a big difference and so it's not i'm not necessarily saying that like it's bad to try give people a voice but it over democracy over accentuates how much power there is and i honestly don't know a form of democracy that you where you'd be able to maximize people's power and it still be relatively like a good amount of power for an individual to have it's like i don't understand how like, what would you change in a democracy to give people more, like, power, individuals? Well, firstly, I would I would drastically weaken the two-party system so that it's a lot yep. less based on partisan politics. Um, I would fight for a more of a nonpartisan democracy. I would fund candidates um, more and make sure that people can't just win on money. And could I turn up Declan a little bit? Sure, sure. Um, I think when we're talking about, uh, democracy and the individual voice, democracy isn't simply just about the individual voice. It's representing the people as an overall group. And what we see in democracy is we see like lobby groups. We see even political parties are an example of people unifying together to try and push something through. Often when it comes to democracy, sure, you can say the individual voice doesn't count, but if every single person had that same attitude that the individual's voice doesn't count, then wouldn't we just have, like, no one voting? Because, yeah. like, I, I feel like we do have a problem with voter ignorance. But the way to fix that isn't by getting rid of democracy. It's just by informing people more, getting people more involved, and getting them more interested in politics and, and teaching them why it's important. 
Oh, yeah, you go, sorry. So I, I do agree, but I think the main issue I have is that like when you hear about democracies, the main thing is like your voice counts, your voice matters as an individual. Like you like your voice really is what can decide things when in reality that's like not true. It's like a myth. Like you put in people's faces like your individual voice can change stuff when it can't really a groups definitely can. But the uh, but the main issue is that most democracies claim it's the individual that can change things. When in reality, it's the group that changes things. It's not an individual that chooses who gets elected. It's groups that form together, which isn't the individual. I mean, but does it matter if the groups form together? Isn't that just giving the individual a voice? No. No. Because it just means groups overpower other groups. Like it's not. Okay, yeah, I see, yeah. I I think we're mixed up in what I'm trying to say here. I'm talking more about, like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's more about, like, if you, realistically, if you didn't vote, nothing would happen. Like, nothing would change, is what I'm trying to say. Nothing nothing would change at all. It wouldn't do anything in the political system at all. So when democracy champions giving the individual power to change what they want to change, that's not true unless they join into groups and groups don't always hold what people always value. So it's like, yeah. it's, I'm not necessarily saying like democracy is a bad option for what is happening. I just think the main issue is that democracy overstates what it does. And then it brings like a false sense of what democracy is good at when in reality, it's not as good as what it's saying. Where's the screaming? We have to remain good faith. Um, yeah, I, I understand the point you are saying, I guess my point, I have two points to that. Yeah. Um, the first point is that if every person was like, if I don't vote, nothing will change, therefore I'm not going to vote. I mean, no one would vote. Or a yeah. lot of people wouldn't vote. And honestly, I think you're kind of right in the sense that the individual's voice alone doesn't matter. But the point about democracy is not simply giving the individual a voice it's representing groups demographics sure it represents individuals but it represents everyone and i don't even think that democracy should champion individual votes that much it should champion individuality to an extent uh where you go oh okay you do have a chance to change because if no one votes then nothing will change and Every vote does kind of count, even when there is like a major difference. Uh, votes do count, and they do add up. And if you start saying that, oh yeah, voting is pointless or something, and say like democracy overstates it, like I don't think there's, I don't think that democracy is overstating that. Maybe it is, but even if it was overstating, I don't see how that would be a problem with the democratic system. Uh, my second point is that you said at the start that there were other alternatives that could be could be better what would your alternatives to democracy be in in the term of individual voice i think well in terms None? of individual voice democracy is the best for giving individuals a say most like i'm not going to argue that because that's quite evidently true it's the only system where people get to vote for who they want in power which no other system currently at least that i know of yeah does um but i think when coming into other alternatives i think this is where we need to differ between what democracy is and isn't. Democracy isn't a system of government. It's an underlying part of another system of government. 
like for example if you have monarchies monarchy and democracy are not complete they're not opposites that i agree they, we we live like, in a monarchy yeah like when people when most people argue about democracy saying like our our system is a democracy when it's not most the two main systems are republics and monarchies and in that you have democracy or you don't have democracy so i think no we 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 are a document we are a democracy even though we have a monarch the monarch is very weak it's more even ceremonial at this point but we elect our representatives and our representatives have a vast vastly more power than the monarch so i don't think we could yeah but our our governmental system isn't a democracy it's a constitutional monarchy or a um parliamentary monarchy depending on how you define them yeah i mean yeah democracy isn't the system of government it's what underlies how the government is chosen it's not the system itself that's what democracy is though yeah, exactly. And I think a, a lot of people mix it up and be like, well, democracy is just either you have it or you don't kind of thing. Like you can't have certain things with or without democracy when it's all interchangeable. It's like you can have republics without a democracy. You can have monarchies without a democracy. You can have republics with democracy and you can have monarchies with democracy. It's like democracy isn't just like... I agree, but what are your alternatives? Preferably to what we have now in Australia... It depends. In Australia, I think it's pretty good. I think the main thing would be, as you said, splitting up the two-party system because that's yeah. obviously really horrible and doesn't really do much for anyone. But I think the main thing that I would argue for is giving more power to what in Australia, I guess, would be the Queen or the Governor-General, but you'd probably go with the Queen. Okay, why? Because, especially in times of crisis, that's what's needed. And a lot of the time, having one single strong monarch can help. Obviously, you need both. So it's like, it's not get rid of democracy and give it all the power to one. It's like half and half kind of thing. Or like a little bit more to like the parliament, but then still give power to the queen. Um, what if the queen isn't good? What if they are good? What if they're not? No, no, my point is not if they're good. My point is if they're not good. Because, sure, you can argue that every queen or king might be good, but eventually, surely somewhere along the line, you're going to get a queen or king that isn't very good and is bad. And there would be no way to fix that. Well, that's why they don't have all the power. So what powers would they have then? I don't know exactly. I'm not, like, an expert on really okay. what exact powers should and shouldn't be held. That's fair. Okay. I have a few problems with giving monarchs more power. The first problem is this is just a fundamentally bad idea, in my opinion. You spoke about corruption and democracy. Uh, throughout history, we have seen so much corruption and, like, just bad governance in... In monarchy, and I mean, sure, you're saying, well, we'd still not give them all the power, but if you, if you're like trying to give them power to be strong and stuff, where do you draw the line between good and bad? Like, how how do you say, well, this is too much power, this isn't enough power? Do, is not giving them too much power just too much? 
is there actually a line or is it either too much or too little? Because I don't think that giving a single person control over it, uh, whatever portion of governance you give them is a very good idea. It depends on the culture of the people that the person is governing. Why? Why would it? Why would it depend because, on the culture? Because different cultures have different values, and a lot of cultures, like a lot of Western cultures now, are a lot more easy for like corruption and that to fester. Whereas if you go to like, for example, like Sikhs, they are very like most Sikhs. They aren't. If they like, they had power. They're like probably the most trustworthy people. Like different cultures are more. I don't want to say trustworthy because that sounds bad, but like the cultures definitely differentiate how much corruption happens. Well, I mean, like, imp- if we look at you go, sorry. If you, it's also like, it depends on the culture and the size of the population. Because if you look at countries like Bhutan, which is still a like a monarchy, or like Nepal, mm-hmm. in smaller populations, it ob- obviously it works a lot better. And there's a lot less corruption, but because of also the cultures in those countries, where like the culture. Actually, I think Bhutan is a democracy now, but Nepal is. But I think if you go to like, oh, fuck, what was I gonna say? I forgot what I was gonna say. Doesn't Nepal have like a massive poverty problem? Yeah, Nepal is not a monarchy anymore. I don't think. Okay. Um. Yeah, I guess, like, my my point to that is that you're a socialist, right? Yeah. I'm a socialist. Yeah. Uh, why are we giving a single person power over stuff? Like, why, isn't that just, like, what has caused every single, like, well, not every single, but, like, a, like the if you look like, the French Revolution, the, from, yeah. like, the bourgeoisie and stuff, you don't yeah. think that that was fueled at all by a disillusioned monarch? How, yeah, like, my point isn't that the monarch will always be bad. My point is, is that in a democracy, you can vote out the you can vote out the the ruling class, but you can't vote out a monarch unless you want to write that into the constitution or whatever. But then, like, how would you like? How would you manage that? I I, I feel like how, in all in all honesty. I don't know the exact area where lines would be drawn. I don't know the exact power that each one would have. I don't know, like, I don't know the exacts of it because, well, I'm not an expert. I wouldn't, I don't know. Like, I'm not an expert in, like, who, what powers do what, like, in, in every different country around the world or in Australia alone. So I don't know where the exact lines would be. But I'm just thinking... If we go for from my ideal, which is what I think we should strive towards for Australia, it would be a constitutional constitutional monarchy like we have, preferably an Australian monarch over an English one though. Um, mm-hmm. It would be electoral to begin with until the culture changes, probably for a long time until we get used to monarchy own having, I guess, not voting as much. Um, and that there would be checks and balances in the power. So like like you said with um with the abuse of power, that's where checks and balances do come in. Where the parliament, which would still be voted in by people, preferably, would would have like enough power to like stop those things from happening. Cause I guess the way I think people take is often like, I don't want the monarchy 
or like whoever the monarch is to have more power than the parliament kind of thing i just want it to be it's more for like situations of like catastrophe and stuff like that where it's like when you need that one leader that just comes in and does what whatever needs to be done but how do we know that this like how do we know then that this like because eventually you want to transition away from elections i i assume and transition into like familial monarchy hereditary monarchy right it'd probably just be whoever the monarch picks the heir to be not like hereditary just based on family i feel like the monarch would pick family somehow um yeah possibly could go down that line eventually okay so my problem with that is that if you want a strong leader shouldn't that leader be elected by the people instead of the great grandson of some dictator that was elected no because something like the the issue is hang on there's a message in chat okay In the Australian Constitution, it currently states that when being elected, governments have to be responsible and representative, meaning that governments must consider voices of the public only specifically for choosing leaders themselves, not necessarily the public having... Oh, it stopped. Hang on. Having... Any power slash influence over laws governments make. So only when it comes to elections are governments obligated to listen to the people. That's what the rest of the message is. I mean, that's... That's fair, but it also says, like, governments have to be responsible. Oh, when being elected. Yeah, I think the thing is, though, is that you're not going to elect, re-elect a government that isn't responsible or representative. Well, I mean, look at the country, though. The, 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 the main issue... Do you think the Liberals are going to get re-elected after the disaster this year is? Well, I mean, if they got elected after what happened after the last... Like, we didn't expect them to get in this time either. Yeah, but I mean, like, like, all of the, like, biggest disasters in recent history in Australia have been after the 2019 election. Like, the the 2020 bushfires were in 2020. The the COVID pandemic, 2020. Um, I don't think you can say with a straight face that the Liberal Party has been responsible. And honestly, it's up to the, it's up to the political activists to prove this. I don't, I, on, honestly, after this election, I don't think they probably will get back in. I think it will probably be a Labour win. But I think the the main issue is that people often, they don't like the party they're picking anyway. Well, yeah. Like, most people don't like any of the parties, like, at all. Even if you're, like, even if you don't vote for, like, either of the major two, it's still often you just don't like any of them. Do you think people so would like having a monarch instead? No, but I don't think the goal is to have the people like it as much. I think if it, if it's a goal of democracy, isn't that the, the point that the people living? vote for what the the if the goal of democracy is to have people's votes matter so that what they want goes in. That's not but the no goal one... of democracy. The goal of democracy is to have people be represented and their views be represented. It's got nothing to do with people's Yeah, so if no party represents their views, they, they, they're they still forced to vote. That's why we should have like, a non-partisan democracy. Yeah, but that doesn't matter if, if even still none of the other parties, like... Because I know, like, if I was running an election, I don't like any of them. I wouldn't vote for any of them. Non-partisan democracy. 
No parties. Yet even individuals though. Well, I mean like, fair, but then you've got the whole thing where you can run yourself. If if you don't feel like you're being represented, run yourself. At the end of the day, the median in there is a theory in political theory that the median candidate in a preferential system will get elected. The median candidate is the median of everyone's views. Mike's fucked. Okay, let me fix it. What are you? I don't understand what you're trying to say. Is my mic bad? Not for me. Hang on, let me check. Are we better? Are we better? Sounds fine for you. Okay. One second, you make your point, you make your point. Oh, perfect, okay. Yeah, sorry, what was I your point? Did, I didn't understand what you were, like, saying, like, what do you mean by explain the um individual party running thing again? Okay, so basically, in our democracy, we have parties. Yeah. Parties aren't really good... Because, obviously, as you said, people don't feel um, represented. What we need yeah. to do is we need to make people more able to enter politics. We need to make um, we need to make it people more informed on politics. Uh, we should try and do away with party influence over uh, government issues and instead make it based on the electorate and what the electorate wants. That way, the people are actually being represented. And sure, you can argue that some people will feel dis disenfranchised, but the difference is people would actually be able to run on behalf of their own views. And because it's a preferential voting system, that doesn't hurt anyone. The median person often gets elected, the person who is like in the middle of everyone's views. Yeah, but why wouldn't people just form new parties themselves? Like, how would it not just revert back to having parties? How would well, you stop that? You could have an, you could, well, you would still have parties outside of politics. But these like would, how, these would they be, be able to. No, sorry, you go, you go. Wouldn't they be able to, like, form their own parties, though? And just be like, all right, if you vote for one of us, all of us are going to work together and vote together and be a big block. And, and if we all get in, so you should vote for us and it'll just be a party. Well, no, because that would be against the rules. How? How? Because how it's you, a party. You, you, yeah, could, you would have, like, the Australian... Party. The Electoral Commission would be like, no. I mean, sure, you, you maybe you can't stop it. But I think the difference is, is that in that situation, it's not based on an actual political party. There's no political base to represent. Yeah, but if, it, if it still works exactly like a party... Well, no, because people are going to be more worried party. about getting re-elected. They're not going to be worried about... Nonpartisan democracies do exist. Um, but they're not going to be worried about their party as much as they'll be worried about getting reelected. And if you're like, oh yeah, but my, my group wants to be like, oh yeah, I, we should vote against the rights of, of people because they're bad. And then your electorate's like, no, don't do that. But you're like, oh, but my, but my group is, and, and then you do, you're not going to get reelected because you're not representing the people. The people want to be represent. People want to be represented. 
That's like yeah. the whole problem when people feel disenfranchised because they feel not represented. And yeah. also, like, you talk about that, but your alternative has a monarch who probably yeah, that, doesn't represent everyone. That's not my everyone. alternative's goal. Well, what's your it's alternative's do, it's goal? It's democracy's goal. To, my alternative's goal is to be the most effective regardless of it's what the people... You good? I'll just wait till he's back. Sorry, sorry, my, my brother. Uh, yeah, you were saying? Um, my alternative's goal, I guess, there is still a voice in the fact that you still vote for the parliament. But in terms of the actual monarch itself, it's less about the people's voice and more about having that power there for when it's needed. But what if the so, monarch isn't good? There's a yeah, different... Right. And then it probably wouldn't be as po positive a thing as it could be. So how do you stop that? Well, by voting in a good monarch. No, but you want to you want to move away from elections. If that helps, yeah. Preferably. How would that help make a good monarch? I don't know. That's not if an that, argument. If, yeah, it's not. If like if it helps to move away from that, then move away from that. And I'd say judging from history, usually what happens is one good monarch gets in, the family goes, so it goes well for the next, usually like two, three, four generations, then after that it goes bad, and then a new monarch comes in, and then it... Yeah, by, by revolution where hundreds of people yeah, die. Yeah, so that's why you'd have the parliament that eventually, at some point, depending on some factor, with some power, they would be able to kick them out. I don't know what it would be, like, exactly, but that's where the parliament would come in. Okay, my, my biggest problem with this, how, yeah. where are the workers, where are the people in this? Voting in the people in the parliament. Okay, so isn't this just going to, like, try and, like, create, like, a, like a, a class system? Isn't this just fundamentally a class system? I mean, you can't get rid of classes. No, but you can reduce their impact. Making a monarch doesn't get rid of... Doesn't do anything. In fact, it makes classes worse. How would the monarch live? Would we pay the monarch, like, a tremendous amount of money? If we pay the I monarch the same as everyone else, then corruption is going to be a huge problem. Well, that'd, that'd probably be a paycheck. <laughs> I would assume. It'd probably be more than average. Yeah, because they're like the monarch and they're like an important role in power. Is I it mean, important that happens. I mean, yeah. Shouldn't shouldn't everyone like why why are we Okay, so wait, hang on, there's another one. Do you think the party system provides some level of accountability to the for the elected politicians? Because the regulations and ideologies of the parties mean politicians of that party need to abide by those standards of conscience votes are rare. What if parties didn't exist and it was just individuals? How would they be held held to that level of accountability without some sort of external obligations to uphold? Do you want to answer that first? What's that trying to say? Is it uh, saying that like the party holds politicians to account? Yeah. To an extent, well, I'd say that's probably wrong then, because it just means yeah. that the politicians' voices aren't they aren't able to vote necessarily what their electorate wants because there's a party they have to vote for that they can't vote what they think's the best yeah i would agree with declan 
I don't think, I don't think parties hold politicians to account. I think if the anything, public should hold excuse. politicians to account. If anything, saying you have to vote for your party gives them an excuse to do dumb things. Because yeah. they can say, oh, well, I had to because it was the party, even if it was the wrong thing to do. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, a big issue with the party system is that it gives politicians an escape goat that they can always get out on no matter what bad they've done. Yeah, uh, so, even if it is pretty bad. Okay, well, yes. I, I want to talk about workers. How do workers fit into this system, this monarchical system? There would be, well, they'd obviously be voting, as I've said, for the parliament, which would hold a majority of the power. So the monarch wouldn't be able to go around doing just anything. So the parliament would still hold a majority. But then there would also be, preferably in the constitution, stuff like, sort of like the Magna Carta, but actually effective. And actually about workers and not rich people. Where it's like, it protects them and protects like, I guess like, it'd be sort of like unions, but <laughs> not really. <laughs> that makes sense. Like it's sort of just like like they're protected in the constitution. The monarch can't just take away their shit for no reason. Well, yeah, that's that's every democracy. The government can't take away our shit for no reason. If they do, they have to pay us money. That's in our democracy. That's in every system. Yeah, I think that's a good part of our democracy. And as Gorilla Bagman has said. Where are the workers in relation to the means of production? Well, that's about economics. That'd be a totally no, but different economics thing. is related to governance system as well. But the the parliament would still be doing a majority of the stuff, so it'd still be relatively the same. But where is your line then? Like, you have to have some sort of line. You said, like, in emergencies and stuff, the monarch would have power? Like, well, yeah, it'd be... Like, I guess, like, what we define as emergencies now, like, obviously, COVID is an emergency, so we give power to certain people to do things. It'd be like that. Okay, so why would a parliament willingly and knowingly give up its own power to the monarch? Why are they willing to now? They're not. They're willing to give themselves more power because our and our current system, the people who run the legislatives, is the government. The government runs the legislature because they have more seats yeah. in the legislature. So of course, the parliament, which is run by the legis by the government, is going to be like, "Oh yeah, I think we should give ourselves more power." I'm not saying it's a bad thing that they've done that. I'm just saying, of course, they're going to. But if it comes to like a monarch, and you're like, "Oh yeah, give us some of your power," no, I don't think they're going to do that. That's just why would they do that? Well, I, mean, I feel like this is straying to be a bit hostile, um, <laughs> so maybe we can just bring it down a little bit. Yeah, okay. 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 Um, I'd say, I guess, for an example, you'd probably have to look back to something like ancient Rome, where they did give people dictatorial powers for a certain length of time that was specified in the Constitution. I believe in ancient Rome, they got it in emergencies when, at the time, the Senate, which would be the Parliament, voted saying there was an emergency that needs to be dealt with, they give them six months of dictatorial power. We wouldn't be giving them dictatorial power in, in this case, but they would be enough power to control stuff. So it'd be relatively the same as what you saw in ancient democracies, where at points in time, they would give away their power willingly, because obviously if the people are in a time of crisis and 
like the monarch is the person there to deal with that and you don't give the monarch the ability to deal with that people will probably wouldn't be too happy about it if that's what needed to be done but do you think that in australia or like anywhere do you think in like america even do you think people would want to have a monarch no not in america no it's culture it's completely it's cultural. cultural okay okay so yeah, in Australia, saying, we should I, have monarch. I, wait, I want to clarify this. It wouldn't work in every culture, and at the moment, it probably wouldn't work in Australian culture either. Uh, the Australian Constitution says appointed health experts have emergency powers where they can intervene in health crisis, COVID, and have more power of politicians. Good. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's. Fair. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, which yeah. is kind of my point. I think you can give emergency power to people. But those people should be experts, not some random person. Like, not just, like, a monarch who's yeah. kind of, like, your be-all, end-all. Well, well, I think the monarch isn't, like... It's not, like, when you have monarchs, they don't make every decision themselves. They obviously... They have, like, yeah, but they, they have, have the power to. Yeah, but they don't, usually. But they have the power to. Yeah, but they usually don't. Okay, well, if we look at, like, I don't know, like, France, sure, yeah. maybe he didn't make... Are they random? No, but it's... They can be, sort of. Um, If we look at, like, France before the revolution, you think that, like, the system in France was fair? And, like... No, because... Yeah, exactly. Well, that's not the system I'm arguing for. Though. Well, yeah, I know that. This is decisions that were built and created basically by the monarchy. This was a situation that occurred because of the monarchy and the decisions that they made. Regardless of whether they were the ones making the decisions or their advisors, their decisions led to a bad system. Um, and we don't know. Yeah, and the way, the way when the French Revolution happened, the way that people tried to solve that was by keeping the king but putting in another body, which was voted in by people to control the power of the king. That's what they did. And then eventually, obviously, more radicals came in and killed the king. Well, the initial plan wasn't to get rid of the king as a way to solve yeah, the issue. but that's because the king didn't support them or give them what they wanted. Yeah. Like, well, the king, the king did support... The king did give them that legislative assembly. Like, they did give that to them. The king, like, did give them that ability. It's just slowly, because of mob rule, just angered up more. Okay, here's a question. In the current, we have COVID protests and stuff. Yeah. Um, do you think those would be worse if these decisions were the decisions of a single person instead of governments that are elected by the people i don't know I, I feel like if we were being told to go in lockdown i probably wouldn't protest if there was a monarch but if we were being told to go into lockdown and it was made by some some person who's got power just because they exist i feel like i'd be pretty pissed i wouldn't protest because health and safety but i would be pissed but because it's because we I don't necessarily agree with how the government is running things entirely. I think yeah. the vaccine rollout has been terrible. Uh, mm. But and I also think lockdowns are good. But if you look at the people who are making the decisions, they're democratically elected. And 
they have the support of people around them. To a, a pretty large extent, I'd say most Australians agree with lockdowns. Yeah. Um, and I mean, sure, maybe you can argue, I don't know how, that monarchs are good, because the problem is then, is that it doesn't matter because it's not what it could, might not be what the people want or it might not be a decision made by people who represent politicians like if you look at lockdowns people try to say that lockdowns are like a violation of freedom yeah but there is no benefit to keeping people in lockdowns for governments it makes the system it makes the system run less good it makes things worse which is going to make them in turn less likely to be elected there's yeah. no benefit Whereas if you have a monarch, there is no accountability. Sure, you can say parliament, but like, how long, how hard is it going to be for a parliament to get a monarch in and out? Like, how easy are you going to make that? I don't know. Because if you make it too easy, then you're going to have a shit ton of political instability. The monarch's going to change every week with a new government or like a new parliament. Um you might just have like a parliament that just elects someone who agrees with them so that they can like, I don't know, you know, kind of like get their own things through a lot easier, um, which is kind of dictatorial. Um, you might have like, if you make it too hard, then, I mean, you're going to have the problem where they can't be removed. Like how hard do you make it? This is an important question. Is there actually any middle ground? It's the same with the power thing. How do you define where the middle ground is? I would say, at the moment, I don't know the best place to put that power, but if I had to assume what that would be based on my current knowledge, it would probably, in terms of getting rid of a monarch, it would probably come to a supermajority vote. Supermajority votes are hard to get. Yeah. Hang on, someone in the chat just said, how can you not have a monarch? Doesn't someone have to be the the top and have the final say? No. Like, yeah. there's so many countries that, that don't have monarchs. There's so many countries that are, like, republics and, like, completely free from monarchy. And, I mean, I don't want to use America as an example because it's a bad example. But, like, America is one. And, sure, they've got problems, but, like, it's a it's a it's still a country which functions the reason that america has so many problems is because it's internally divided between left and right um like you've got like your conservatives and then your progressives and they hate each other so much that's the problem with america and it's so based on partisan politics but there is no monarch there and the democracy itself other than these problems functions smoothly and i mean like even like other like countries like I think there's, like, a heap of democratic nations who don't have a monarch. And, like, these function smoothly, so I don't know why you would have to have someone at the top to be the say-all end-all. Like, you can make decisions collectively. And as a socialist, I, I definitely don't think you need to have someone at the top. That that would that seems quite absurd to me. Why, would, why does someone have to be at the top making all the decisions? That doesn't seem very fair on the working class. Well, because I think if you look at America, there's there still are, there still is someone on the top in the fact that the president still has more power than anyone else does in that country. Well, they're yeah. not, they don't have dictatorial power, but they are the top. And then on top of that, the Senate would still be above everyone else. So well, when yeah, I think, of course, when, but when they're democratically elected, they're, they're democratically elected though. 
and they can be taken out the next election with ease. And they, well, I mean, impeaching people is hard, but yeah, they're, they're democratically elected. That's why it's not as bad as like, and I think we should limit the power of the president. I 100% agree there's problems with American democracy, but I don't, I, I think it just proves that you don't have to have a monarch to, to, to implement a society. Fair enough. Um, I think... Check Discord. Oh, yeah, Laura was lagging, so she left. Ah, okay. okay. Um, I think if I Thanks. look for... Thank you. I'm looking for something. Um, oh, let me just try find the source I'm looking for here. Okay. Okay, I think for what so far we've said, you are definitely right, and I probably would change my views now, most definitely, because obviously, you know, I'm not like yeah. the most up to date in this world. I probably would change it. Um, I think if we're talking strictly about constitutional monarchies now, um, if you go, for example, like the UK, the Queen, I believe, still. Um, um, I'd say the Queen of the UK has quite a ceremonial role. Yes, but she still does have power. The monarch yeah. could force the dissolution of the parliament through a refusal of royal assent. Um, I think the Queen... I believe the Queen can stop individual laws as well, but I'm yeah. not too yeah, sure. Yeah, I on think that, she but can. I'm like, yeah, because I know, like, she can disband the parliament, or well, not disband it, but, like, stop it. So it's, like, in terms of having a monarch, I think it is very situational, and obviously, there are obviously times where you have a bad monarch, just like there are times where you have bad parts of democracies, mm -hmm. and democracies that malfunctions, like, obviously, like, Germany, if you probably the best example in the modern day. Um, and so I think when it comes down to the powers of a monarch, from understanding what you've said before, what would you say about the queen's ability to be able to, um, dissolve the parliament and stop individual bills based on what she wants to do? Like, what do you think about that? I think there should be a way for the, for the people to dissolve the parliament and stop bills if there's, like, I don't know, enough support, I suppose, I wouldn't know where you would put that support. It would have to be very high, obviously. Um, but when it comes to an individual doing that, no, I don't think any one person should have that amount of power. Because I know, I think... I found something, somewhere. I think it was, I was talking about, like, support for the Queen in the UK. I believe it was saying that, like, most people, like, because this, I think this is what I mean when it says, like, it's entirely based on the culture. Yeah, I but that's, I'll, sorry, I'll you look go, for you the, go. yeah, I'll look for the source, but if you have a culture, 
that wants someone to have that power and like the culture in the UK largely still to this day is that the queen should have that power. I'll find the source of that in a second. But so yeah, that's should... that's an argument out of populum. It's it's got nothing to do. That's not really an argument. Saying that something is more popular doesn't make it right. You could say that drink like if drinking water was poisonous and like which it's not by the way, and billions yeah. of people said, "Oh, I drink water," would that make drinking water right? No, no. I'm trying, I'm trying, like, but if if we're talking about whether or not we should have a monarchy or not, if the people are happy with it and the people think it works, should that not be what goes then? I think the reason people work is because the Queen... I, I think the reason people think it works is because the Queen doesn't really get involved in politics. Yeah. I don't have any sources for that. That's just my... Yeah. But I, th- I think largely she doesn't really, because I know in constitutional monarchies, the monarch is usually apolitical. I know that in Australian democracy, if the Queen started... in If the Queen started... Uh, in putting herself into Australian democracy, I get a feeling that the people would be pretty pissed. Yeah, because largely because we don't really see, most people don't really see the Queen as being our Queen. Like, they do, yeah. but they don't see her as, like, a force of someone that should be up to. If it was in a, if we had like, if we had our own King for a while, or Queen, that was largely like Queen Liz, and the culture was like the UK one, like, they would probably be in support of it but our culture isn't like the uk culture yeah i know but like cultures like assuming like even if it was just relatively like the uk or even not even if you just had it now if most australians i agree cultures can change i think multiculturalism is pretty good i would say well multiculturalism just ends up in destroying a lot of cultures in the end anyway so what do you mean as in destroying cultures well, because I think I think destroy is probably a harsh word, but once you merge a lot of things, usually it doesn't. None of them come out the same, and usually less come out. Is that? I don't mean like that. I meant like it would merge societies and cultures. I wouldn't. Yeah, say, but that doesn't. That, that doesn't. Is that a bad thing? Yeah, I'd say people tend to like their culture and would probably prefer to, like, at least. Not really in Western countries, because Western countries have mostly lost their culture. But in a lot of, like, Asian countries and Middle Eastern cultures, people really like their culture. What was the culture of Western countries then? Well, before capitalism came in, decided to ruin everything, it was largely based on... Capitalism was a necessary step. What? Capitalism was a necessary step. Yeah, but it still destroyed the cultures. Again, like, what's... Like, I don't think it the has. Culture. I'd say oh, that, like, the Italian culture still exists, or, like, uh, the French culture still exists, or, like, the Japanese culture yeah, is a little in, bit less. They they do individually still exist, but they were still linking, like, things between all the European cultures. Obviously, they weren't all the same thing. It's like when you look at Asia, they're all different cultures, but they all have fairly certain things that connect together. Like, most of them saw China as, like, the top. And most of them 
agreed in Asia from other countries that China was the top in like obviously like the Middle Ages and before the modern day, yeah. and then that slowly destroyed over time. But that was part of the culture it's that just, was throughout it, most or all of Asia, even though they were individuals it, in Europe. In Europe, you could see that mostly through religion was a large part of the culture. Um, also, there was a lot surrounding scientific advancements that was also seen in the Middle Eastern cultures, like following progress rather than yeah. um, traditional. A lot of times was a big part that is still relatively there, but it's changed due to capitalism. And also things like this, like the traditional clothing and songs and music and all of that across Europe was largely similar. And that's changed a lot of over it. time, though. Like, we see it. We have different periods of music for different types of music in Europe. And this is way before capitalism. Like, the yeah. Baroque period or something. Uh, thanks for the follow, Samoska. Welcome yeah, to the Yeah, game. but now, what, what I'm trying to say is nowadays, like, there isn't really a culture. It's just the drive to get more wealth is what most people care about. You don't think the culture difference between the 1900s and the 2000s was significant? You don't think the culture in, like, the 1960s with, like, all, like, anti-communism stuff would have been different from, like, the culture of, like, the 1920s where it was, like, yeah, it oh, would have free been market. Different. Yeah. So culture changes over time. I wouldn't yeah. say it disappears. It just, it adapts and it changes. Yeah, but the original culture disappears what's so like good about at, the original culture you look at you look at most most english-speaking nation cultures a large part of mm. it is just like most people they don't see western countries of having a culture at all like most of them see it as like there's no real culture like there's no like unifying well, yeah thing culture is a social construct it is a social construct, but that doesn't mean it's not important or good. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, why is culture changing bad? It's not changing bad. It's when it changes for the worse that it's bad. Is it changing like, what, for the worse? I mean, I would argue, yeah. In argue. Areas. Go ahead. Argue. Show it. Bring an example. Um, well, the drive for just getting money. I would say it's a bad part of a lot of Western countries' culture now. Yeah, but that that, that originated in the West. That didn't originate in, in like not the West. Yeah, Capitalism know, is a, a Western idea. It's a Western. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. That's a bad part of culture that developed. Okay. Part of the Western ideas that developed that wasn't a good development because it obviously means like a lot of people feel isolated. No one really cares about anyone else because it's all on yourself. But it's we're talking we're talking about a mix of cultures. Cultures, like, coming in and mixing, like, cultures from other cultures, like, um, I know, like, maybe, like, like, uh, Asian culture being in, like, Chinatown and stuff, and then, like, influencing the cultures around it and stuff. Is that a bad thing? Um, largely, it, um, it can depend. I think they're mostly positive, I would say. Okay. So I think that it could lead to bad areas where the culture feels less like your individual culture and it starts to slip away from being like your group's culture and more just like a global thing. So it's less part of like your individual identity slowly over time. Wouldn't that help keep global peace? And I don't think it would stop your individual identity. Your individual identity is based on you, not the groups around you. 
it is like there is definitely basing on the groups around you that decide like your identity. Not all of it, but there is a lot. Well, yeah, but if like you hang out. What's with, wrong with that? But if the goal is to like, if people want to have their culture, and then but they feel like they can't have their culture because it's no longer theirs. I mean, you can have culture. It's just, yeah. like, you still have, like, traditional, like, Japanese sword fights and stuff. Like, that's yeah, but... culture. And it's people living their culture. But, like, things change. Oh, uh, Gorilla Bagman has a question. Do you also object to the effects that the Renaissance, Renaissance had on European culture? Postmodernism, uh, no. etc.? No? Okay. Like, so, my problem is, is that I asked you about multiculturalism, and you brought up an idea which originated inside the culture that it destroyed. Destroyed. Um, also, why do we immediately assume that any culture is good or bad? Isn't a culture just a culture? Um, yeah. Okay. I'm not assuming any of them are good or bad. I'm saying if people, a lot of people, not really in Western countries anymore, wish to, like, see that their culture stays as their culture. A lot of people, especially in, if you look at most Middle Eastern nations, I'd say roughly nowadays. Dictatorships, a lot of, by the way. Well, yeah, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about culture. Okay. Fair. You don't, you don't think that the style of governance has something to do with culture? Well, I think it does, because... The style of governments does have an effect on culture. Because you can see with governments that are inherently characteristic, the culture drastically changes away from the group towards the individual. Well, I mean, I, I disagree. Like, if you look at, like, our culture, like the so-called Australian culture, yeah, I would say that the Australian culture is a conglomerate of multiple different cultures with like yeah. lots of subcultures and stuff. I I just don't think there's a problem with that. Cuz I don't inherently there isn't. No. Okay. It's it the problem isn't inherent. It's when people it's when groups of people wish to keep their culture to themselves. That's when it becomes an issue if it spreads because then if the if a part of your culture is that it's yours and your people's culture only, and then that's a part of your culture. If your culture spreads, then it feels less like your culture. If that's a part of your culture. I don't think culture spreads. Culture mixes and adapts. Well, culture does spread. Yeah, but it mixes and... Like, is it spreading if, like, say, like, you have, like, I don't know, like, an American. An American goes to, like, I don't know, Italy. Is that spreading the culture? Because an American is having American stuff in a different country. Is that spreading the culture, or is spreading that culture? Just... It's more like it's more like when you saw like ancient empires spread around. They would spread their culture with them. So when Rome took over stuff, they changed the culture of the people there to be Romanized. They That's... no longer held their original culture. They changed their culture. That's not happening in the modern day though. When we talk about multiculturalism, we're talking about immigration. Yeah, I know. But it's like culture does spread. Like Yeah, if... I would say it's spread if you if you invaded different countries and said, yo, you gotta do this. That does make sense. Yeah. Like and... culture like 
your culture like if you go if culture, you, like in the modern day it still spreads just naturally like if you're surrounded by a bunch of people who act of a certain culture usually after a long enough period of time whether it depends on like generations of periods of time probably usually for culture you're like you change to what the people around you are like if a new culture comes in and spreads to that it spreads to a certain area that culture does spread around that it adapts yes it adapts and changes and the two cultures merge certain areas but that culture still spreads yeah but as you said that's not bad yeah it's not inherently bad no okay uh, unless glad, it's yeah. unless it's part of someone's culture like that they don't want that they want it to like stay and not spread that's... And that's when you get isolationist cultures, like North Korea probably would be the best example in the modern world. I thought the best really example fair. would be that, that religious group in um, America. The Mormons? Uh, no, not the Mormons. They're like primitive. They're like primitivists. Like no um, phones or anything or stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like that that probably would be, yeah, a pretty good example. I feel like that's not... Hang on, there's another message. This is from the Social Science website. Pluralism is based on a value system that we all hold in common. Multiculturalism is based on low and common denominator values in a society. Pluralism allows for many different groupings, but unlike multiculturalism, does not try to impose one uniform status um, on all of them. Um, yeah, Amish people, thank you, thank you, it's the Amish yeah. people, yeah. I, I don't think that we should try and enforce someone's culture on them, we should just let all the cultures coexist, and yeah, if they I merge, think... then so be it. Cultures have always merged throughout history, this is just a fact. Like, yeah. freedom of religion originated in the Middle East. Yeah. So, I think that it's just sociology naturally at work and i i don't think that there's a problem with that okay um i did want to talk about one point the last point before we move on if you want to move on it was um democracies leading to corruption and stuff yeah uh my problem with that is what how is your system of government going to be any better at preventing corruption um i think it depends it really all depends on like the specifics of how it works because i think the main issue with corruption in democracy is that it's often not seen as bad in the sense that like when big businesses or big companies support one political party the people of that political party usually don't care because it helps their political party so it's not seen as like a well, bad thing for that for those people yeah i mean i would agree but i think you can fix these problems without doing your alternative in a sense that a you need to implement a anti-corruption commission this is like and you need to have an internal corruption commission and you need to have an an independent corruption commission and you need to give these groups a lot of power when it comes to investigating and stuff 
Furthermore, you need to end corporate donations. I feel like you would have you would have to agree with that, right? Ending corporate donations. Yeah, to political parties. Yeah, largely. Yeah. Um, these are like two of the ways we can help prevent corruption. Sure, there's still going to be corruption. There's going to be corruption in any political system. And as we go along, we're probably going to find more ways to fight it. Um, but I just don't think that having one person, like having your system of government, I don't think there's a there's a viable protection against corruption. Unless, unless you had like an idea. Um, I'd say it'd probably be again something similar to the Magna Carta, but about corruption. So talking about it, the like Laws? limiting like corruption is illegal in in like literally every country i think um, just making a law saying corruption bad isn't going to stop people from being corrupt yeah so you like set up stuff that looks for corruption well yeah i i agree there yeah but so you it'd be this it'd be like the same as yours you just set up stuff that stops the corruption okay. Yeah, my problem is that it seems like it would be a lot easier to to be corrupt in your in your in your version of dem- of whatever it is, monarchy, because of the fact that you have one person that does have quite a bit of power, um, and then you have, uh, whereas in a democracy, it's a group of people that have power instead of like one person, so it's a lot harder to like be corrupt in like a democracy because. I mean, there's no reason, like, it, you, you'd have to, like, bribe a lot of MPs to get a bill passed, whereas you just have to bribe one person during, like, some emergency period to get a bill I passed. Mean, all you'd need to do is bribe the leader of the party. I mean, that's, then, why, that's why you need to head into, like, nonpartisan democracy. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Did you, did you want to move on, or...? Um... I think I had some things about democracy itself okay. that I would probably want to put. And I guess this isn't what I'm like putting up probably isn't about like saying that like my system in itself would be better because yeah. in all honesty, I don't know which system would be the best. And I think it's very circumstantial depending on, what happens within a nation at, like, the current point in time and, like, what people in the nation want. Okay, well, you, you present I, your points then. You present your... Yeah, I'm just getting them out. I just got to sign in. Yeah. Yes. It was raining earlier. I was really, I was really worried because I thought it was going to, like, ruin the stream. Oh, no. But it's sunny now, so that's good. That's good. How is everyone today? Lovely. That's good. Um, do you want to have, like, a little lunch break at 12.30? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. I'll, like, I'll do something on We can, like, watch something and be like, we. I don't know. Okay, yeah. We'll find something to talk about. Yeah. I probably should say, like, in all honesty, I have no clue what would work best. I'm just, like, I just Googled constitutional monarchy and it looks pretty sick, so I just kind of went with that. Um, if I was really thinking about it, it'd probably be, it probably would be closer to a democracy that would actually work the best in terms of, I think the main issue isn't 
democracy in itself, it's more of like, because in all, in all honesty, I don't really have an issue with democracy. I think it works pretty well for Australia and Australians. I feel like there are definitely things that need to change, like the party system that needs to fucking yeah, at least be so. reformed somehow. Corporate donations are a big issue. The, like things like police forces and that need to be like redone, all that kind of stuff. It's like, I think a big issue with democracy, which I'm trying to find in the sources now, but they're like fucking documents. So I like, I can link you all the sources if I want, but I'm not reading through them right now because I want to try talk first. That's fine, that's fine. Is that like, with the term limits in democracy, it causes like, a lot of the time, politicians are more willing to care about the short-term benefits they can make rather than trying to fix long-term problems because a lot of the time the population doesn't see fixing long-term problems as like you don't get an immediate effect so it doesn't seem like it's a good thing for people so i think that's something democracy needs to work out how to fix because a lot of the times politicians just go for the short-term things to make people happy rather than solving actual issues. Yeah, okay, can I respond to that? Yeah, definitely. I, I think when it comes to long-term versus short-term, there needs to be an equal balance. And I think we do see that to an extent. Like, I think, like, if you, like, take, like, climate change, for example, all around the world, this is a long-term goal. We're cutting yeah. stuff. And people are supportive of that because it's a long-term goal yeah. they want. There's also short-term things. Uh, like the very bad abortion law that just went in in Texas, uh, which is very short-term. Like, the effect is now, which, by the way, a lot of people hate. Yeah. Um, that is a law which is short-term. And I think it's a, I think it's a bad example because it's a, it's a bad law. It's just the first one that came to my mind. Yeah, yeah that's um, fine. I think there's, like, there's a, there's a balance you need to make. Uh, and honestly, I think at the end of the day, it come down it comes down to the activists and the politicians convincing people about the effectiveness of their long term goals and the effectiveness of their short term goals. And I think the activists are going to be more interested in the long term goals, and the politicians are going to be more interested in the short term goals. But both should be effective because I'm not going to lie. I feel like more people listen to Ben Shapiro than people listen to like uh I don't know like Donald Trump. If Donald Trump had a podcast, I feel like more people listen to Ben Shapiro. Yeah, they not, would. Not that I agree with Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Although he did come out with something very funny on Twitter. I did see your story. That yeah. was good. He he was like <laughs> he like tried to mock like trans people, yeah. but then like it, but just... it was just like fucking in support of them. Dude, he's so <laughs> dumb. I actually hate that man. Yeah, it was funny. Um Yeah. So Yeah. I think I yeah. think the main issue I was more talking about was the fact that most people, like, if you went up to most people, I feel like, I have no source for what I'm about to say, but I feel like it's what most people would suggest in Australia, would be, like, if you ask them whether you, like, if you ask them whether you wanted to see long-term goals fixed, like, whether you went, like, should we work on, like, changing our trade so that we're less reliant on certain countries and we're more dispersed in our income or you ask them like do you want to see like taxes lowered or something like that most of them would be in support of just saying oh just lower the taxes because then it's a benefit for me and stuff like that so i feel like 
that's probably not the best example. I feel like a lot of people care more about short-term issues, like individual citizens, than by like long-term goals that need to be fixed, like changing like systems of economy or changing like, or like like for example, like getting rid of parties. I feel like a lot of people probably would just be like, they'd probably be like, not even in support of it, but if they were, they'd probably be like, it's just too much effort to get done kind of thing and you can just solve short-term issues and because of that politicians focus more on just fixing the short-term things that can be done quickly and get quick votes near election times and then that ends up just ruining stuff so i think yeah. i do agree that definitely like people like ben shapiro although i don't agree with them like activists they do play a big role in the long-term stuff yeah i think a lot of the times politicians just ignore that until it comes too serious or too late like we're seeing with global warming yeah okay so i think you've got a point there but i do think that climate change is a long-term issue i no i agree i think that is and i think that's that's definitely one thing where like the population is actually doing relatively okay in australia with like attempting to get people to combat that but i yeah. think with more i think well long do you think that like, like do you think that like the the majority of the population is like radical socialist revolutionaries who want to get rid of party systems no no half of them don't care that's why it's up to you and i as activists well i i don't think you would self would you self-identify as an activist uh, no. no, not until shit gets too serious. Anyway, <laughs> I I would, I'm an activist because I yeah yeah, um, as an activist, it's my job to try and convince people that these that these are things we need to support, and that's not going to happen straight away. The left needs incremental changes, like the incremental changes are what revolutions are in yeah. like practice, and sure, mm-hmm. it looks like things happen immediately and quickly but there's slow slow build-ups until something big happens and something big doesn't even have to happen yeah. i'd say that the transition from like um sometimes like this the transition between democracy and and dictatorships are pretty small like pretty long term like if you yeah. look at vietnam vietnam is slowly becoming more democratic yeah but like they're still a pretty dictatorship country yeah that's but, true yeah so I think yeah. when it, when I was talking about it, I think you took it in a slightly different way than what I was meaning to say. Mm. I think I was more talking about like like politicians don't care about changing like uh, yeah. important long term stuff until it gets to a point where it is so bad that like they can't ignore it. So it's like saying it's like saying like they just don't do it until they're literally forced to and even then like we're seeing with climate change a lot of them still aren't doing it well, i mean i'd say so the yeah. vast majority of the population is pretty reactionary yeah definitely so i would say that would be respect that would be reflected in our politics but if you look at like teens and youth youth are becoming less and less reactionary mm. so yeah. we're, we're seeing a, tr- a change in the culture of society uh What's the what would, would the opposite of react reactionary be like proactionary? I honestly have no clue. Radical or progressive? Okay, yeah, they're becoming more yeah. radical. Um, yeah, 
so I think that because we're becoming more radical, there is kind of the thing's going to change soon. And sure, it might be a little bit too late. I think, I think though, with, with what you're saying, I think like the reason that younger children, especially or like teens that are becoming more radical is because it, because it's gotten to the point that it's so bad. And then once stuff starts to get fixed again, people will probably just go back to like slowly just like caring less and less because when things are doing fine typically people don't see the need to like hold two things as much so i think it's sort of like a cycle in that sense where it's like once things get bad people like get their radicality i guess you would say it and then they they fix the issue but then after that it just like goes back to normal where most people don't care and then it just falls all back in place kind of thing so I think that's something democracy needs to be able to work out, but I don't know how that would be worked out. Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it comes down to, this is my opinion, activists yeah. convincing the public and then the public pressure being on politicians. But I, th- I think even then... And sure, I think maybe we do have a pretty apathetic society, so it comes down to, again, convincing people about why these things are important and why yeah. we need to do more. That's why yeah, I think I, th- th- I think that reactionaries are kind of fading out a little, and I think it should stay as fading out because, well, I mean, society has always moved to be more progressive. This is just yeah. a fact. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think this is not an attack on you, but I don't think conservatism is ever mm. going to win. I think in the way it currently runs, no, because the, I feel like the main issue with I'll just wait again. Yeah, the main good. issue with what I'm not saying I agree with conservatives in America on a lot of things because I don't. Like the main issue with like conservatives that are like in power is that what they do is like there'll be like five things going on. And then they'll go hard on one of them, and then the other four will get pushed more progressive. So then they'll switch it up to that to a, one of those, and then they'll all just keep being pushed back. So I feel like the main issue with conservatives at the moment, with people in power, is that they focus so much on one thing that everything else gets pushed anyway. So then they like retreat back their lines to be more progressive, and then it just keeps happening. You don't think it's just because youth are more and more progressive? Well, I think I think that just changes with how bad situations get. Well, I mean, I'd say that the alt right is rising within youth. Oh yeah, it definitely is. All the extremes are rising within yeah. youth because things are getting bad. What happens when things get bad and people start not liking things is that they go to the extremes. That's what happened in like Weimar Germany. Things got so bad that people were like, well, clearly the middle doesn't solve anything, so we'll go to the extremes. Mm. It just happened to be that the Nazis won. Okay. I mean, I yeah. think that. The alt right is pretty bad. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, so think... we're talking more about we're getting more and more closer to social issues now. Did you want to like progress uh, into them? I mean, yeah, we can go into them. I'm okay. fine with that. Yeah. So, do you want to start us off again with like your your like views and thoughts on LGBT stuff? Um, I think this is a very touchy topic, so I'm just gonna say broadly to start with. But overall, oh, yeah, I on. I should do like a thing. Uh, if you're trans or uh gay or anything, you're a hundred percent welcome here. 
you're valid, mm. in my opinion, at least. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I couldn't say that you're not, because then I wouldn't be. And I am for it. This channel is for it. I don't know about Declan, but uh, let's let's see what he has to say. Um, I'd say treat them like every other person. Okay. I don't. I like when I see people that are like, especially like with like. Like, the group in America called, like, God hates the F word. Like, that F word. And it's, like, it's just, like, it's so dumb. And it just, it makes zero sense whatsoever because they're just, like, people, you know? Okay. Like, yeah, so, like, I say we should just treat, you should treat everyone the same. I think the main area where I'd probably disagree with you would be in terms of gay marriage because i see marriage as a religious thing so i would say we probably need an alternative to marriage that proposed that like gives like gay people like the exact same opportunities and like legal stuff as marriage okay that's just less connected to like the well, religious stuff i would say that's the main area let's talk about gay marriage then um yeah do you not think that like words and meanings of words can evolve over time I think they can, yeah. Yeah, I but think I think, think that's that's a fact. I should have stated yeah. that as a statement. Yeah, I I do agree that that is a fact. I think when it comes to stuff with like th this is a very touchy area. And I don't know how to say it because I'm trying to be as like respectful as possible because I don't want to come off like being not respectful. Yeah, no, that's fine. I think it's more like in terms of marriage. It, it should be remembered that, like, it is an important area for a lot of, especially Abrahamic religious groups. Whether that's still the majority or not, which obviously it isn't considering, like, people were in support of it. But, like, it is an important area for a lot of Abrahamic religious people. And they, a lot of them think that it should stay within heterosexual couples as it says in like the books so i think in order to respect that understanding that even though nowadays for a majority of people that definition has changed it still needs to be like recognized that there are a large portion of religious people that would see it as between a man or woman and that that should, should be respected and there should be other alternatives to marriage that provide the same thing but don't have the religious connotations that they do within those religious areas. Um, so Tom just pointed out in chat, I think that the first recorded evidence of marriage ceremonies uh, between men and women was in 2350 BC in yeah. Mesopotamia. That's according to the week. Um, yeah. What religion would that be based on? I think it has definitely changed. Like, it obviously wouldn't... Okay. Like, I don't... It's definitely not the same as it was then. Well, Nowadays, I'm, I'm going to make a religion called the gay agenda, and I'm going to say, hey, this is my religion. We, we get married to, to, to... We get married to each other. Okay. Is, that, is that a religion? Well, because the way marriage... Well, if it's a religion, it's a religion, yeah. Yeah, okay. But the, the way marriage was, in our country at least, the way it began, was as a religious thing. It's I believe it's still 
was connected to religion until the recent change um, where they disconnected from low religion and like sex um, sexual preference I should say and it's like with what Tom said you've adapted magic to religion it's like yeah that has happened but that's been a thing that like was a major change for a majority of people within those religions and it still does have religious connotations today for most people that are of Abrahamic faiths yeah, but what about people who aren't of Abrahamic faiths? That's why you have the alternative. Well, why should we gatekeep a certain term like marriage? Because I don't think, I don't think that marriage as a term is something that we should give solely to like people of the Abrahamic religion. Well, yeah, you can you can still call it marriage, but it would just like basically, I guess a better way to put it would just be like, isn't it just a part of culture? Marriage is just culture. The relig- of, of being able to do it without the religious connotations would be the best way. Okay, so we should just remove all mentions of marriage from the law, rename it as marriage, and say this term has no religious connotations in law. Can't we no. just do that? I don't understand what you're trying to say. Okay, so in the law, because mm. we are a secular country, we have, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know the source, but apparently it didn't used to be a religious thing. But, like, if you consider, like, a marriage in the law, mm-hmm. it's got nothing to do with religion. Marriage yeah. is a legal union between two people. Yeah. And I think, sure, if, if religious people want to, like, say that, their idea of marriage is so, then go ahead. I don't have a problem. I don't think you should be, like, disrespectful about it. But, like, Mm -hmm. if... I just don't think that that's a reason to say that people can't use a certain term and that we should distinguish it in law. Why should we distinguish between marriage and marriage if it's a legal union? What, are you going to call it, like, uh... Legal union. My legal... I, I'm having my legal union today. Yay! Come to my legal union. Mm. I, I just don't think it's functional to, to, to divide the term. Especially... It's more, it's more about having an option that... Because large... I think... Do you still need a priest today to get married? No. I think you still... You don't anymore? I don't think you need I a priest. I think you still did. Uh... I think anyone can marry you. Do you need a priest? Or like a religious figure, probably. To, than uh, do you need a religious figure? I don't think you do. To... If, you don't, if you don't, then I agree with you. But from my understanding, I thought we still did. If you don't, then I 100% agree, uh, though. Getting married, queensland.gov.au. Uh, you need a registered civil marriage celebrant, a religious marriage celebrant, or civil religious marriage celebrant. Okay, so it doesn't need to be religious. Then, yeah, I no. agree with you. Okay. I thought from, from what I thought you still did. Yeah. But yeah, then I agree. Yeah, okay. Uh, did you, did you want to have a quick break and then talk about gender, maybe?
what would we talk about with Tinder? Uh, well, I, I mean, feel like this this would more just be you telling me what you think because I really like I don't know. Oh no, I, I was just... talking more about like, um, bathrooms, um, transitioning, uh, this sort of thing, and like particularly in relation to youth because often something is misunderstood. So, uh, yeah, I can, but I've just said I probably am not, like, I yeah, wouldn't really know. I'd just more be you, like, listing off sources and telling me why things should oh, be I can, I can say stuff without sources. I don't need sources for this yeah, argument. Because I, like... Yeah. I I think I don't really have... I think we may uh, as well talk we about it. it. Yeah, okay, we can. Yeah. Actually, if it, it probably wouldn't take that long, so do you, do you just want to, like... Uh, we, like can, we can just do it now. Yeah, okay. So... What well, do you think? You think? If, you, if you give me like five minutes, I can just put stuff in the oven, then we can keep talking. Yeah, okay, that's and fine. Then, I'll, I'll yeah. just get my, my chicken tenders. Oh, yum. Okay, that's seasoning. Some things that could go wrong there, but yeah. Okay, so there was a study. There was a few studies done about this, and the studies showed that um, trans people are more likely to be the ones being attacked or like harassed in the bathrooms of the gender that they identified with than they were to be the ones attacking. In fact, um, there's no empirical evidence to support concern that that this is a problem. Like, you have, like, uh... Wait, I think I was answering a different question here. Oh, what I took that as, like, having, like, like, no gendered bathrooms. Oh, well... Or is that... Or are we talking about a different thing? Because I was talking about that, not... They're talking about allowing, like, allowing transgender people in the bathroom of their choice. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see an issue with that, to be honest. Okay. As, uh, yeah, no, probably not. I wouldn't really care. Oh, that's wonderful. Um. Yeah. So the other thing that we wanted to discuss was, like, childhood transition. Because this is something, like, there's, there's often, like, a lot of misinformity yeah. about. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think, again, from not knowing any of the studies or anything like that, just from a first mm. unseen base, I'd probably say probably putting, like, an age limit on it somewhere. Probably not at 18, maybe a bit lower or something like that. So, like, something just to stop, like, people that, like, are extremely young kind of thing. And I think... In, are we also talking about, like, in terms of, like, medical services and stuff like that? Or is uh, it just, like, what age? We're talking, um, mostly. So, I'll, do you want me to just say what I think? And it's yeah. Pretty similar yeah, say what I you think, and then I'll just respond yeah. to what I said. So, yeah. this is based on the current system, which is where, um, when a child exhibits symptoms of gender nonconformity, um, they get, they, they, the, the parents can take them to a doctor, the doctor will then refer them to a psychologist, and then psychologists will most likely implement uh, puberty blockers. Okay. And um, they'll live for like they'll 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 be like a few years. I think there's even a limit on it, but I don't know. But it'll be a plenty of time for the psychologist to determine that they are experiencing um, gender dysphoria and stuff. Yeah. And then at a certain age, that's when they can get. Um, 
medical treatment. Okay. Basically, this does prevent people from having the wrong puberty. So, mm. are are parents able to like push it? Does it need to be approved by the psychiatrist or psychologist or whatever? Does it uh, like have yes. to be approved for them to get to medical? Yes, medical. Yes, I don't think it okay. has to be approved for puberty blockers. But puberty blockers are completely reversible. I'm, I'm also not sure on yeah. that one. Okay. Yes. Well then, yeah, from that, I mean, that sounds pretty reasonable. I think there would, I think, yeah, I think that sounds much fine because it does minimize a lot of the risk that comes with younger people and, like, picking the wrong stuff, yeah? Mm. But I think my question is, like, does it have to be a certain... Are they a certain age before they're allowed medical? Or is it just, like, a time length I that I go through? I don't know if it's age or time length, but I know that the psychiatrist has to be certain before. Okay. Because I would say, obviously, I'm not a psychiatrist, so I yeah, don't actually don't know. know. So I would say, assuming that there is no age limit currently... I would say it'd probably be best to put one in at around, like, maybe, like, mid to end high school age kind of thing, mm-hmm. in that kind of area. Yeah. Um. Just just as, like, an other precaution. I don't know if that actually is already or not, or if that would actually do would anything. Be. I think that would be. Um, yeah, I would, I would assume mm. so. But, yeah, I think that's the, what I would do. The most important thing here is that... Um, this is you would still have social transition if you were like a child so you would go if you're like say a, a girl and you're well you're assigned a girl and yeah. and you're trans you would go by he him pronouns you would change your name you might wear your hair differently and stuff wear different clothes <laughs> the non-medical stuff yeah. um which i think is fine and what we see is that this has an overwhelming benefit like we have like um where is it there's something like uh sorry i'll just find this stat unambiguously positive results uh for transitioning uh this includes medical but it also includes social there was 56 studies completed uh 52 indicated positive effect, 4 indicated mixed or no results, and no, none said it was negative. Uh, there is a study somewhere which says that after socially transitioning, um, there is evidence of... After socially transitioning, there is evidence of uh, trans... Here it is. Children who socially transition report levels of depression and anxiety which closely match levels reported by cisgender children, indicating social transition massively decreases the risk factor of both. Um, so there's stuff like this that shows that this is beneficial. What did, what did, What is that trying to say in terms of the risk factor of both? Uh, risk like factor what's of the... depression and anxiety. So it's saying, like, socially transition... It's good. Okay. Yeah. I mean, to me, that, that does sound fair enough. I think the main thing would just be, there probably is an age limit already. But I'd say the mm. age thing is probably just, like, the main thing. Okay. 
So I do want to ask, what's your opinion? Brad, I totally agree, bro. Thank you. Uh, the other thing I would ask is, what's your opinion on gender, gender queer people? People who don't identify as a binary. So we can get more into like the philosophy of stuff here. Okay. Um, I think when I think of gender, mm-hmm. um, I think it is def- there is definitely social construct around what it is, but I do think it is something that like is a thing in itself as well. I think there is definitely it's definitely not just like you're either like really male or you're really female. I think there is like. I guess a spectrum would be the best way to put off like what you are but i guess i don't i don't know how to word it but it's like kind of something like there is a spectrum of like i guess like male or female like attributes or like things like that i don't know how to word that in the correct terms because i probably don't know them to begin with um i'd say you're doing pretty good yeah so i'd say like yeah kind of just like there is a spectrum but on that spectrum it's still in my eyes probably be like male or female but like being more feminine doesn't mean you're not a male it's kind of kind of like that type of thing i don't know how to word it more than that i mean shouldn't it matter to how we internally perceive ourselves if it's a matter of self-identity does it like does it matter what what do you mean like so if like, I agree that you can have different levels of masculinity and femininity. I can't ever say that word. That's okay. Um, I agree that you can have different levels, but when it comes to labels and identity, this is something that is completely internalized. Um, and I think it's important to note that you can't, no one can experience the world from someone else's perspective. It's impossible yeah. to properly describe what our feelings of gender are and because it's impossible we don't actually know how others feel and thus to be fair identity labels themselves don't even mean anything really yeah it's just something that we say it's probably like the identity label that we most agree uh corresponds with our internal perception of gender like you i assume you think that you're a male. Yeah. Therefore, you're a male. Yeah. Well, Whereas I think... me, I don't think that, so I'm not, because it's an internal uh, thing. I I see what you're saying. Like, there's there's a way I disagree, but I don't know how to explain what that way is. Just say it straight out. I think. Okay, it might sound bad, but I don't like if it does. Like, I don't mean it. I guess the it's not the way I would prefer to say it. It's like I feel like there's more to it than just like I think I'm a male because I think I'm a male. Like I think there I is yeah. more to it than just that. I think I don't know how to say this specifically. Maybe, I just maybe agree. Think, think was the wrong term, but more like feel and experience. How you experience gender is gonna be based on how you then perceive and well, label yourself. Well, I think it's like the way I see it, and again, this is probably going to sound worse and actually mean it too. That's fine. Is that like, is that like there are like in 
inherent things that are seen and that that does play an impact on like how you see yourself as well like male or female in what I don't way? know how, I don't know how to explain it like your biological like, sex or also probably mentally like probably less biologically more mentally as well like I feel like well, I, I really I'm don't pretty, know how to explain it. I'm pretty certain that there's, um, pretty certain that there's studies that exist that show differences between like the brain structures of people who are gender queer and stuff compared to cisgender people. So, and I mean, if you talk about biological sex, well, I think fundamentally, uh. Biological sex is what you have. This is how I describe. So there's four terms we have to think. So we have to think about yeah. gender identity, gender expression, gender, and sex. So sex is how I describe it. Is sex is what you have. Gender is what is. Um, gender identity is what you are, and gender expression is what you do. So, what I what I think about this is that if sex is a spectrum. Which it is. Gender is also a spectrum. But sex is also a spectrum. So, and there are points on the sex spectrum. Like, like people who are born really androgynously. It can, it can be basically impossible to define whether they're male or female. Mm-hmm. So, sure, that's not exactly correlative to gender. But I think it makes an interesting argument then if you try and argue that Gender is male and female, but sex is not. Unless you argue that it is. And also the fact that it is a social construct. We we determine gender based on how society defines the terms. And really, you can't define someone else's gender. You can't measure someone's gender. Like, if it comes to age or... Um, species, you can measure someone's species, you can measure someone's age, you can empirically prove this. You can't empirically prove someone's gender. So, that means that what they believe they are, and what they feel like they are internally, is probably the most accurate sort of sense. And as we've seen through, like, um, transition studies and stuff, there is a benefit to accepting this sort of thing. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, from that, that does sound fair then, yeah. Mm. I would say, yeah, you're probably right. Well, not probably, like, yeah, right. I think with, like, yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> um, Is there anything else you wanted to, like, have a chat about? Um... Nothing really specifically, but I guess we could just, like, hop around from topics if you wanted to. Um, do you want to talk about... What was that? Is there a topic you wanted to talk about, or...? Not really specifically, no. Um, anyone in chat got any suggestions? Lawns. We could also, pardon. Um, said lawns. Lawns, um, lawns are pretty. There, there are some good lawns though. 
Mm. Like, you know when people, when you cut the grass and you have, like, the two, the two different, like, like, you cut it one way and then you go back the other way, so it's, like, the mismatch? That is so good. Yeah, I agree. I do hate, I, I do hate mowing lawns, though, because it takes so long. That, that's true, but, but that's why you hire someone. <laughs> base? Base? <laughs> Gotta stimulate the economy, Bradley. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, do you, do you want to wrap it up then, anyway? Because there's not too much else we can talk about. Um, did you want to wrap it up, or? Um, I'm fine too, yeah, but we could talk about, like, maybe, like, in terms of economics, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like, largely... On, like, the ends, we agree on stuff in terms of, like, both being, like, socialists and that. But I feel like I kind of want to know, like, like where the differences are between our two stuff. Because when I say, mm. like, I'm a socialist, it's more like a hybrid of socialism and capitalism that's just leaned more towards the socialist side. Okay. I don't know how to explain it other than that. Yeah. It's more like... So, do you want me to, like... Do you want me to explain what my economic system would be? Yeah. So, my economic system is a progressive taxes, very progressive taxes, um, mm -hmm. complete welfare, um, you know, all that sort of stuff, free healthcare, free education. Um, I also think the workers should completely control the means of production. So, I'm in favor of mandating worker co-ops if a company is large enough. Um, so that we... What is a worker co-op? It's where the, um, where the people, where all with the employees of a business collectively own it, and they, okay. um, collectively make decisions about it, and what this would mean is that instead of, um, the point of a business being to make profit, it would be to increase worker wages, um, and I think okay. this is... A pretty good thing to do it it stops all the class problems uh i th i think progressive taxes are very important i mm. think welfare is very important you need to invest into small communities you need to centralize the banks uh you need to nationalize certain industries um so like healthcare needs to be nationalized centralized sort of thing uh, all of these things we need to make the, the yeah. point of government should make the world the best place for the people who live in it. Yes. I do agree with the progressive taxing. Definitely agree with that, with the welfare and free education. Um, I think the main difference would probably be in terms of, like, businesses and private businesses and that, which I don't see... I don't think they're inherently a bad thing, in a sense. I think there are definitely benefits of having private businesses as long as they're like not like monopolies or like mega international corporations and stuff like that. that I could, you can't, I could, I could get yeah. behind a monopoly if it was a company completely controlled by the workers. Mm. Um, and also, Tom, like I, I understand that worker co-ops are still fundamentally about making profit, but I believe that, sure, being wrong, 
being creating a more radical and revolutionary society is probably better for the people, but we do need to take it slow and think about what's more likely. So this would be my first step into implementing an economic policy. And even then, I think it doesn't really matter too much so long as the workers are in the mean of production is the most important. Yeah, private companies aren't very socialist either. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Um, so what would guy? What would your economic system be based upon? It'd be based upon community. Okay. Ensuring that like everyone in your community has what they need at a bare minimum. As like as in at a bare minimum the thing should be to get make sure they have what they need, not to make sure what they have what they need just to survive. Mm-hmm. Like they should have more than what they need just to survive. They should have enough to live comfortably. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think the end goal of like socialism is probably a world where um the workers completely control the means of production and we can start to get rid of like private property and stuff and basically improve society in general like i believe that we need free housing for everyone i believe in k-12 education being compulsory because education is what you know makes people smart i mean Uh, i feel like if you're going to enforce that you need it i I don't know about k-12 i think at least k-10 because i think there are situations where people would be better off if they got out into the workforce first well before no i disagree because k-12 education would be k-12 or equivalent um trade education or something okay then fair enough yeah. yeah and like also it prevents like families being out of pressure their they're like their children into working mm. and i mean you would also help help out with stopping that by like making sure that people have money <laughs> yeah um but yeah that's just i'm not too versed in economic policy it's not really my forte i'm better in social policy that's where i focus a lot of my effort into yeah i think in terms of like workers owning the means of production what, I think what? I don't really agree with that as much in a sense. I just think that it needs to be insured and protected that they get what they like deserve as workers. Didn't like they Marx get right about how the workers need to own the means of production. Wait, my lunch is ready. Oh, do you want to end up here then? Because like we been, can, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. I think it was a very interesting discussion. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. I'll see you later. Bye. See ya. Bye.